Hello, Kamikaze listeners. Diane Kamikaze for WFMU. It is time for another podcast. This time on a sad, really sad note. Um, at the very end of 2016, Doug Evans passed away. Doug Evans was a member of the Digits and uh, of Blower and a friend. And he was a guest on this program, Diane's Kamikaze Fun Machine, July 4th, 2013. So this is a rebroadcast of that without the music, but a lot of great music conversations. And you'll really be able to hear how much Doug loved music and a little bit about hot rods and uh, blowing things up as well. A really good guy, and uh, I have no background music, so I can really hear myself breathing. And maybe that's the way it should be, because Doug was a special person, and uh, hard for me to even say was in there. So let's listen to his appearance on WFMU. Stay tuned. Welcome. Happy July 4th for those of you celebrating and... uh, those of you overseas, you know, we just use that as an excuse to blow things up. And uh, that's how we are. This young whippersnapper of a country that we are. So indeed. Happy day off for most of you. For most of my commenters. And it is a day of explosions and fun here on Diane's Kamikaze Fun Machine here on WFMU. Yes! Just have to mention because I am bubbling over. My guest at 1 p.m., Doug Evans, who you may know mostly as being the bass player for the Digits for their entire career. He's in a band called Blower now. We'll be talking about both. And we'll be talking about blowing things up. If I could have booked a more appropriate guest on July 4th, well, you let me know. Because this man is all about nitro and things smoking and being on fire. The perfect 4th of July DJ and host. It is my pleasure to welcome my guest, Doug Evans. Are you there, sir? Yeah. He's here! Fantastic. And thank you for spending your July 4th, well, not your entire July 4th, but part of your July 4th with here with us here at WFMU. Oh, and, uh, it's my pleasure. And I know how much you like to blow things up, so... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a perfect day for you to be here. Yeah. yeah. And do you have anything in store over where you are in terms of uh, explosions today? No, not really. Um... Um, you know, we live in the desert, so it's it's pretty dry, and there's been a lot of fires, so mm. I don't, I don't want to really blow anything up uh, try to try to catch anything on fire. But Wow, that's pretty hard know, for uh, you. Uh, my girlfriend, Marilee, uh, she's going to be in a chili cook-off later, so I think I'll blow up my bowels. That's probably what'll happen. That is some kind of some kind of celebration, uh, some kind of explosion. Not sure if it would be a celebration or not. Uh, But she's a great cook, though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Well, and there'll be a lot of them, so it's kind of a big, big thing. 
Oh, good. Yeah, I didn't actually think about like the desert and fire. D- does that, does <laughs> yeah. that does that leave you feeling a little restricted? Yeah, I mean, in in it certainly does. You know, you can't have like. Uh, I mean, it's really you don't want to have an open fire. You need like have a fire pit or a barbecue pit or something like that because it's so dry. You know, and we just had. Uh, a fire uh, in Banning, California, which is not too far from us. And then there was a little, there was a small one, which only burnt like a thousand acres, you know. Only. Um, <laughs> just, just like three or four days ago that, and it was so, I, I'd never, you know, I'm, this is the first summer that I've lived here. So it, it was so smoky, you couldn't even see where, it was, you would think that it was burning in our front yard, but it wasn't. Wow. That's kind of that is that is kind of kind of crazy. Um, I wanted to um, to to just ask you because I did just play in that set. Um, whose idea was it to cover the Devo Mr. DNA? Um, it was Rick's. Mm-hmm. Rick, Rick, it was his idea. We the whole band wanted to do a Devo song. We were all big Devo fans, um, and and we still are, you know, uh, but. <laughs> But it was Rick's idea to do Mr. DNA. Um, I didn't want to do it really because it, you know, the, the, on the Devo record, it's two songs. Yes. Kind of yeah, stuck together. Yeah, the Smart Patrol, and, yeah. But then it, I, it was kind of like, well, how are we going to get into this, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought we did a really good job. I and, think you uh, did, yeah, uh, absolutely. A lot of other people did too, you know. Um, everywhere we went people would go, oh, play Mr. DNA, play Mr. DNA. And then and, uh, an interesting tidbit is that we never played it live. Uh-huh. So, and then uh, I heard the tale in A Christmas Fish, which mm-hmm. was uh, another song we did was, <laughs> we were, there was this uh, Chinese bar that, that never had anyone in it uh, called Chins, oddly enough, um, in Champaign, Illinois. And they, they had this big uh, marlin, you know, a fish yeah. um, on the wall, and Mounted it was covered marlin. in Christmas lights. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was over a, a booth. Then uh, one evening, um, we'd gotten really drunk uh, with the guys from Urge Overkill and underneath that, that fish, and so that's where that song came from. <laughs> <laughs> Fixated on the fish. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. The um, and so now um, I did want to touch on because I I played blower in your mm-hmm. in the in the last set and there's a seven inch out that is that you guys recorded with Steve Albini. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And and you go back I guess quite a ways with that man. Yeah, he did. He recorded all all of the digits records except the first two. Mm-hmm which in the first one we released on our own label and then it got re-released on touch and go after we we were on touch and go and and then of course on cd there the the first two records are on the same cd but uh ian burgess did those two records i don't know if you remember him but did he, he also did like naked, naked ray gun yeah and yeah effigies and um, mm-hmm. a lot of other bands yeah. He passed away too. Oh, so, really? Wow. Yeah, um, quite a while ago. I, but 
Oh, maybe I heard at the time. I guess I probably forgot. Yeah. That's a well, he moved to France and, and moved his whole studio to, over to France because that's where he was from. And, hmm. and uh, I didn't really, you know, we kind of lost touch with him. Um, but then Albini did all the other, everything past Hey Judester, Albini did. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, we worked with him a lot, and he, he's a good friend. And so when, when, it, when we did Blower, back in 2008 or whenever uh, I called him up and you know I, I said hey man you know I, after not talking to him for 10 uh, 10 years or 15 years you know I said hey would, would you record my band so it was uh, it was a lot of fun and what do you like about his style I, I well he, he had he knew what I, you know, like I wanted. To, I told him. I said, you know, I want the record to have that 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 same thing that we did when I was in the digits. You know, we recorded everything live. You know, it, it was all. You just set the band up and go. There's no like isolating the drums or isolating the guitar or isolating. The, you just put everybody in a room and turn it up really loud and record it. That's the way we did it. Mm. And I thought it sounded good. You know, I thought the Digits records sounded uh, really good. So you're saying all of those Digits records were recorded in that way? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, every one of them. Wow. Um, except, you know, I mean, obviously overdub guitar tracks and, and vocals and stuff like that weren't done mm-hmm. live. Yeah, of course. But the the all of the, the rhythm tracks, like the drone, bass, and guitar, the root of the song was recorded live. Wow. Like, we, you know, just... We just, like I said, everything was, uh, the the guitar and the bass and the drums were all set up in a room. And originally, Steve's studio was in the basement of his house um, in Chicago. And we would just sit, uh, Rick and I actually built the thing. Oh, um, really? But it, yeah. <laughs> um, it, uh, we would just set, you know, the drums and, and the bass and the guitar uh uh, in the, in the room like we were going to practice and just mic everything and and then and turn you know and just go and we recorded every every song live like that and and we did it from the beginning from the get go the re- we started doing it because we could only afford when we recorded with Ian Burgess he had this deal where you pay 500 bucks and you do your record in 24 hours you know mm. So it would be mixed, mastered, and done in 24 hours. You know? Wow! Uh, and back in those days, you know, that was that was that was, you know, that's we didn't have any money. Yeah. So and that's very uh, efficient. So we that we got in the habit of doing that, uh, recording that way. Just re- like you know, you had to get it done. So you had to go into the studio already knowing the songs and already knowing every little bit and piece and. And just and just throw it out there and 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 mix so you could get to mixing it and and have time to mix it and and, and stuff like that, uh, and it, and it just works. It works for me, and 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 the, my music, you know, uh, um, sounds good that way. So uh, when we when Blower went to record uh, with Steve, we did it. We we actually took more time than we had ever done on a Digits record. Wow. Um, and uh, but we still did it the same. We still recorded it analog. You know, there's no digital. It was all done on 
on on a two inch tape and mm. and and we but we took like four or five days to do that to do the blower thing we oh. actually, which we actually recorded a full length but we only released a single uh-huh. so there there is a full length and I believe if you go to uh blower at bandcamp.com you can you can get all of the all of the other songs oh cool but the thing uh with that that stuff was recorded in 2008 or 2009 Mm -hmm. i think when we did that with albini and 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 the and blower the band has changed a lot since then yeah you guys (laughs) moved yeah, we moved. Yeah, we moved from from Austin, Texas, to uh, Joshua Tree, mm-hmm. California. But uh, and and we didn't, we weren't sure if we were going to continue uh, playing. And then when we we got out here, we found a we found this guy uh, Steve Shigley, our drummer, who he was an awesome drummer, and and he he was really excited to play with us. So we kept going, and we actually played. Uh, in LA back last October, um, for this uh, a friend of mine, Bob Lee, um, who's a, who was in a band called Clawhammer, who oh, did right. uh, a cover of a Devo album in its entirety. Wow! Um, which is one if you're a Devo fan, you should yes. look that up because it, it, it's really uh, it's really good. Wow! Um, I can't remember which album they did, but mm. they. Uh, it, uh, they covered the whole record, so it, uh, that was back in the '90s. But anyway, we played a show there uh, with Mike Watts Band, of course, from um, the Minutemen. Of course, and um, it it went really well, and we had a lot of good, you know, uh, uh, people really liked it and mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, and then we just uh, my girlfriend's catering business kind of took off, and and. Um, we just like uh, tried started working on new material and stuff like that. But with uh, you know, I'm thinking, well, we're gonna we're gonna hit it hard. And then our drummer's girlfriend, um, I hope you know, uh, she she got pregnant, and and they decided that they didn't want you know they they wanted to move to Portland. So so right now you're all, drummerless. Yeah, he he has a um, he does this these sculptures with uh made out of dead joshua trees um and he has a, a gallery i think in in uh that he doesn't own it but there's a gallery in palm springs that where he sells his stuff mm. so he, he he's here a lot um i would think you'd have to get that i don't supply. know you know as far as playing like what we were you know we were playing a lot we went from playing and rehearsing a lot to not doing it at all Mm. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't know. I don't know what's gonna, what's gonna. Um, well, so uh, you may be in flux right now. You know, it would be. I, I really want to play. I, I really. I. I have to. You, you know, should like play. Yes. You absolutely have to. I know you, and I see you play, mm-hmm. and I know. I know it's in your blood. Yeah. 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 And and, but I think I might. I, I want to do something a little heavier than blower. You know, I'd like. I'd like to do something a little more. Um, I don't know, and it's one of those things that I'm worried about. Like that, you, you know, a lot of artists seem to, uh, uh, you know, they they 
they change their style a bit or they do something different and people are just like what what the what hmm. what is this you know so, yeah. but i'm not i'm not i'm still going to play loud rock and roll it's just going to be a little bit more a little bit more well and you're allowed to change i mean you know you can't change who you are and so maybe you i mean you know when you combine with other people you get a you know sort of a mixed yeah. bag so that's all there is you know well, so right. good. so so um, so anybody in the Joshua Tree area, check uh, hit Doug up on the Blower Bandcamp uh, website or on uh, on Facebook if that's okay. Yeah, Doug Evans. Yeah, Facebook's the best way. Mm-hmm. And Facebook's um, the best way to get a hold of of me or or the band. Because mm-hmm. um, you know we check it pretty regularly. Awesome. And um, since it's July 4th, I was told by somebody to ask you about um, the Cannon in the Park story. <laughs> um, uh, okay. I know where that came from. Um, <laughs> if that's um, a, is that okay with you? Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. It, <laughs> it, it goes, I mean, it's really kind of ridiculous. Um, when I was in I was maybe 14, and, and uh, I had a, a friend that we we ran around and, and did all sorts of shenanigans and, and stuff like that, you know. I mean, during the 70s, it, it was, you know, it was the 70s. Right. Uh, there was a lot of uh, nefarious substances flying around. But um, on the 4th of July, there, uh, I grew up in this little town called Mattoon, Illinois. It's this tiny little town, uh, about two hour, two and a half hours south of Chicago, and uh, it has about nineteen thousand people, I think, or it did then. I think it's down to about twelve now. Oh, um, <laughs> it used to. It, it was a blue collar town. It was. It, there was nothing there. There was no university, no nothing. It was just factories, and and that was it. You know. Um, but it, it was a really old town. I think it was established in, in the mid-1800s or something, before the Civil War. Anyway, um, they had this park, and every 4th of July, um, there was a baseball field. They would set off fireworks mm-hmm. in the baseball field. Now, uh, adjacent or across from the baseball field was an old World War II tank mm-hmm. that they had as a memorial and it's still there to this day mm-hmm. so this friend and i built this bomb um out of gunpowder <laughs> and, and and i think a tylenol bottle or something <laughs> and we dropped it down the the gun on this tank you know and uh um and it had a really long fuse on it so we lit it and then just kind of meandered around and waited for it to go off and then it finally did it was much more spectacular than we thought. You know, we just thought it would kind of bang and 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 whatever. But I think I don't, I'm not I'm not a, a pyrotechnician or anything like that. You know, <laughs> and certainly at age 14, I didn't really know what was going to happen. But, but it, anyway, it ended up being this huge explosion, and this big ball of fire and smoke came out the end of the the gun on, on the on this tank. And, <laughs> And this park is filled with hundreds of people. Uh, so all of these people are laying on the ground, you know. <laughs> and I, I'm I'm just looking around because I didn't think anything of it. I knew it was going to happen, and and I didn't realize what 
what effect it would have on on people around. You know, we just thought people would. And, and, but there are all these people like laying on the ground, and then and they're they're standing up looking to see what the thing shot because they thought that the 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 tank had actually gone off. Right, you know? that there was some projectile and that after, they were after in it danger. had been sitting there for fifty years, <laughs> you know, it, 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 it went off. So anyway, uh, it was it was quite a it was quite a you know. Uh, the, every cop in in the city showed up. A fire truck showed up. They they evacuated the whole park. They, they <laughs> you know they they went and and to make sure that this this tank hadn't gone off. You know, <laughs> it was it was pretty funny. But uh, so it, that's the that's my Fourth of July tank story. That's a that's a pretty great Fourth of July tank story. Yeah. Thank you for that. Um, I did, you know, some of the, the listeners have had, uh, there, I've got a listener from Champaign, and he said that the Digits live performances were legendary, and um, yeah. I don't know if you can talk about something that really points in that direction, any kind of, um, he says unhinged, he actually used the word unhinged and wanted to know if you can recall any unhinged performances, I don't know if there's anything. Oh, several. Um, we, yeah, it's- well, you know, we we were based in Champaign mm-hmm. um, pretty much our whole time, except for like the last probably three or four years of the band, and then then Rick moved to Chicago, and, and then we started rehearsing in Chicago and working out of Chicago. But when we when we played in Champaign, it was always good, and always we always tried to do something crazy, you know. And we, I mean, at one uh, show, there was a club there called Nables, and it's gone now, but, um, which is a shame, because it was a great club, and I saw a lot of great bands there. Um, But we, you know, after, you start out playing, back in the 80s, we started out playing, no one would come and see us, no one wanted to go see a punk band, you know, everybody hated punk rock. And then some somehow it all flipped around, and we started playing huge shows, and people would you know we would pack this bar, and so we started doing insane things. Uh, we had a, a, a pinata filled with cream corn, and we Ew. we wrapped, you know we we lied to the audience and and said oh it's full of like CDs and stuff like that, and we had this raffle, and whoever won you know won the raffle got to come up and hit the pinata and was so it, of course it was rigged we picked the biggest like jock football player dude out of the <laughs> audience that we could pick we didn't even blindfold the guy and we gave him a huge baseball bat you know <laughs> and so he hits this pinata full of cream corn oh. and it just flies like the whole audience gets covered in cream corn wow and and uh it it was you know the rest of the show, it was just cream corn flying everywhere. Um, it, it was great. And uh, I remember we they used to have these shows um, on the quad. That the University of Illinois is in Champaign. Mm. And they used to have these outdoor shows, kind of a festival, every year. And we played one year, I think. I remember it because I had to have knee surgery, uh, like, the next day. But um, the do you remember that band Extreme? 
Yeah. The, no. they, well, they were a rock band, and, yeah. and and they they played like metal, like '80s hair band metal or something like was, that. Was you know? Nuno Bettencourt in that band? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Nuno, that that's the guy. <laughs> um, they they had, uh, but they they were famous for these acoustic ballads, you know. Hmm. So there were these two guys playing. I, I don't know if it was them or not. I I, I was kind of wasted at the time. Um, but there were these two guys playing this extreme song, sitting there playing guitars, uh, and, and it was, we were up next, the digits were, it was our turn to play. And, and they were, they were playing and it was time for us to play. And so, uh, I had this Triumph Chopper, um, and this friend of ours who we always had somebody dressed as a as a, a you know a transvestite or uh whatever but at, in this particular uh thing we had this friend who was dressed as a nazi soldier um and i had him on the back of my motorcycle and i rode my motorcycle up onto the stage while these guys were playing and <laughs> this guy gets <laughs> off with this big swastika flag and starts running around you know <laughs> it was it was kind of uh unnerving i guess and uh, uh, because you know we weren't we weren't uh, uh, you know we were never uh, a skinhead band or anything like that. It was just something right. weird. Yeah. Um, oh and uh, like I said, uh, um, usually we had a transvestite dancer, um, stuff like that. You know, mm-hmm. um, I, I can't really. Oh, we <laughs> we played at the Cubby Bear uh, in in Chicago and. Uh, uh, we Rick turned loose like ten thousand crickets on the audience, oh. live cricket. Wow! Um, so it, it was pretty. Uh, that was pretty hairy. There were a lot of uh, girls running around screaming uh, yeah, with their hair, it, you know, like crickets in their hair. That would be upsetting. Um, <laughs> it was pretty. So yeah, yeah, there were. I'm sure there were more that I just can't remember. Oh um, yeah. Well, I'm glad that I, you I just, can remember. All I remember from that is like lots of crickets, and I had a big giant uh, stuffed panda head. I was wearing it on on my head. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> so it was. They were. Yeah, they they were. Digit shows were were usually uh, pretty crazy. There was usually a fight, and there was usually, you know, <laughs> there there was uh, there was always some some crazy thing going on. Mm-hmm. That's. On the road, they they weren't so bad, you know. We, you know, but at, at home, they were always crazy. Oh, the legend! The legend for playing at home. Hey, um, so I know that you play guitar in Blower now. Were you playing? Mm-hmm. Um, you play and you played bass in the Digits. What uh, what instrument did you learn first? I played. I started out playing guitar. Oh, okay. Um, and and then when. Uh, when I started playing in the, I started playing in the digits because they needed a bass player. Oh, got it. Um, that's and so I started playing bass. Um, it wasn't, you know, uh, it was just a, I don't know. I they, that was so long ago when I was so young that I don't really even, you know, I always I I still played guitar. I always had a guitar, mm-hmm. but uh, in the digits, I you know I played bass. But whenever I write music, I write on a guitar. Mm-hmm. I don't write stuff on a bass. And actually, 
uh, Marilee uh, is playing our Bunny Brad as she is in Blower. Yes. Uh, she's playing my bass that I played when I was in the digit. Oh wow! So it there's she has she has all that like mojo going on. And, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I start I I start out playing guitar. Okay. And and you know I started playing guitar in the seventies, and um, I and that, you know in the mid seventies, growing up in the middle of Illinois, all you had was AM radio. There there was no FM back then. Mm. I mean it was there, but it was it wasn't it is now. You know. Right. And uh, uh, so all 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 you were exposed to, or all we were exposed to, was whatever was on top forty AM radio. You know, um, anything anything independent, as we called it back then, like anything that was on an independent record label, like or punk rock or anything like that. You you had to go to a college radio FM radio station or something like that if you could find one. Um, to, to, to hear that kind of music or or buy the records and listen to it yourself, you know. Hmm. I, I mean, I, I remember hearing the Sex Pistols the first time I heard them. I didn't, you know, I didn't I didn't hear them until like seventy nine, eighty, because I just wasn't exposed to it until someone went to New York, bought the record, and brought it back to to Mattoon, Illinois. Right, know? right. Um, and then someone asked me one time about. You know the digits, and I, I have I have a big problem with calling with, with the digits being a punk band. You know, I, I didn't really we we didn't really we were more just like white trash rock. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I think it started out as as something. Uh, you know, it was just a, just. A, we practiced in literally in a chicken coop you know, out in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> and and we would just get really drunk and turn everything up really loud, and that that's what it was. It wasn't, you know, we didn't we didn't go, oh, we're going to be a punk band. That our songs weren't political, um, you know, they were about cars and and girls and drugs and and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it just it's just what it was, right? I think I, it was the mo- it just happened to be loud and fast. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I think it was the momentum of the time of what was going on, and you probably and, yeah, and yeah. But I think we, we sort of stumbled into it mm-hmm. instead of instead of hitting it purposely. You know? Right, right. Oh, I see. Um, that's that's what it that's that that's one of the things that that I I, I want to get out there. That it just like you know it seemed like we. A lot of people, when I talk to people now about the band, they're, they're like, oh, yeah, you know, you guys were like the punk band, or, or drag punk is what they call it. Oh, you know? funny. And uh, look, that didn't happen until a lot later. I think actually after I the, the, the digits as a band had split up, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> then along came bands like Gas Huffer and 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 Zeke and and bands like that, right. you know, that were right. But I, we did it way before then because where we grew up, that's what you did. You know, is you you on Friday nights you got drunk and you built a hot rod out of somebody's car and drove it up and down the road. You know, that's 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 what you did for fun. Where right. I'm from. <laughs> right. I, I still do it. Yes, you do. <laughs> what's your what's your uh, latest project? 
Um, right now, I'm I've got a 1941 Ford two door coupe that I'm building in. It's almost um, ready to drive. Actually, it's it's it, it's uh, it's not painted or anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, I I tend to never make it to the paint part. You know, <laughs> I always. I always uh, Don, Don Garlett said that uh, he, he said one time uh, they're they're done when they run and uh, right, that right. that's always been my my thing. Mm-hmm. It, it's like I've never been a big flashy paint kind of guy. Um, as long as it as long as I drive it and and uh, and it goes fast and that's the that's that's the thing. Um, but yeah, that, that's what I'm working on now. And uh, do you still have your dragster? No, no, I sold it. Oh. Unfortunately, uh, out here where we live, there's nowhere to, to. There's nowhere to race it. Yeah, Pomona is the nearest drag strip, and it's it's not that far away. Actually, it's just I don't know. That that thing was like really expensive. To oh <laughs> yeah, no, the to nitro, run yeah. and and you know, you needed you know you had to have a, a, a people to help you with it. Um, those cars are are. Or you can't just get in them and go down the, the track, you know. It, it required a whole pit crew to, to get it mm-hmm. from from point A to point B, and and it was hard to find people. Of course, I couldn't pay anybody to help me, so and and merrily helped sometimes, and and I had a, a, one of my best friends that that helped me most of the time. But you know, it, like I said, it's hard to get people just to come out to a drag strip for for nothing. Right, it's a labor and of love. If somebody if somebody offered to sponsor you, would you do it that way, or would you want to build everything yourself? Do well, you mean just like as a driver? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Of course, I would. I I was just thinking the other day because I still have a fire suit and everything, and I I was looking in the uh, in the in the garage, and and I I'm like, wow, I still have my my fire suit and everything, and uh, so I could. You know, I could uh, I, I could uh, get hired as a driver. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I could drive somebody's uh, fuel car, but I don't. I, it, that's hard to do. You know, um, especially if you don't have a reputation for it. You know, so I, I don't know. I guess it just uh, but depends. It, but it was, it's something that I, I would do. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I, I have had the uh, the opportunity to. Uh, to sit in Doug's dragster and uh, and and to behold the the fumes and the sound and the and the whole thing of a, a oh yeah I forgot about that yeah no and it's I mean really it's an awesome experience and and your your skill is uh, is pretty amazing you know mm. so oh thanks yeah and uh, I just I think there's pictures of that on my Facebook <laughs> oh cool. I think there's a picture of you uh, sitting in it <laughs> there, when, when it was running. There may be. There may be. I, I just re- so. I think it was, that was after a blower show or something, or during South by Southwest. Or something. Mm-hmm. Yes. I just remember like all all of us going back to our house and being like, "Hey, let's start up the drag strip." <laughs> <laughs> Look at that thing sitting back there. Let's start that thing up. Yeah, let's start it up. Let's see the fire coming out of the sides. Right. <laughs> um, and then uh, back to um, Jimi Hendrix, the, the Digits version of Foxy Lady is uh, mm-hmm. is you on vocals. Yeah. And yeah, uh, and everything else. Yeah. And everything else. Uh-huh. Oh. 
And then uh, and the motorcycle. At what point did you work in the motorcycle to the recording? <laughs> it wasn't. Uh, I think it was our drummer's idea mm-hmm. uh, to do that. Um, I I I really can't. I really don't remember much about that. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so it was a, it was done as a joke, uh, and it, and it wasn't it wasn't ever supposed to 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 be uh, put on a record or anything like that. Um, ah, and so, it ended up on a record anyway. Yeah, after like uh, um, Corey Rusk, who owned Touch and Go Records, decided he, you know, he heard it and uh, he said, "Oh, we're putting this on the record." And I said, "Okay, you know, uh, make it the last song because I didn't want it to be. Uh, I didn't, I didn't want it on there at, at all, you know." Mm. But everyone seems to like it. So. No, it's a great cover. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, is it true that you once got arrested on stage? Mm, no. No? Oh, well, yeah, I, I think so. <laughs> I, I, I remember, I, I remember several times uh, uh, having uh, run-ins with, with the law. Mm-hmm. Whether or not it happened on stage, uh, that... That could be, could not be. I think in Richmond, Virginia, one time, um, I, I got. Uh, I know I ended up getting in trouble, but I think they waited. They kind of waited till the song stopped and took me off the stage. You know, was it um, because of something you did on the stage, or people? Yeah, I. Can you talk I about it on the radio? At the time, um, mm-hmm. I didn't know this, but you couldn't. Um, in Richmond, Virginia, it was illegal. To use profanity in in a public place, oh. and of course, it's um, that Commonwealth of Virginia thing. Maybe. I I guess I don't know. I, don't know. I, I you know I I I had never been there, um, but well, that's uh, one way course, to find out. When you know <laughs> I, I kept doing it, and and uh, Rick kept doing it, and and uh, um, uh. It just, you know, once once they told us that we couldn't do it, then we just started doing it over and over and over and over. <laughs> and, and, and then I think, you know, at the end of the of a song, uh, uh, a nice police officer came up and said, "Hey, you've got to come with me," or whatever. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let's teach these these and then, Northerners uh, a we, lesson. One time in San Francisco, um, I said a politically incorrect thing and it caused a big problem mm. and that ended up uh, another another uh, incident I think mm-hmm. you guys uh, you told me I couldn't curse on no right I know and so I appreciate it's kind of hard to tell the story right. without the I appreciate you not reading. reproducing the story entirely you know word by word I appreciate uh, that just for the for the, for the sake of WFMU's license right um, uh, did you guys uh, have a video on Beavis and Butthead yeah and yeah we did and so that was a period of time I guess that were videos expected or did you actually want to do a video like how does that yeah it's a weird period of time I guess when it's like well that was the 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 uh, last uh, digits um, release I want 
I, I want to say, you know, I'm I'm old school, so I say record for everything. I um, do too. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. But but uh, that was the last digits record, and we got handed uh, a, a lot of money to make a video. Mm. And uh, um, I personally, I had no, I didn't, you know, I liked videos. I didn't, I didn't really have anything against them. Mm-hmm. I, I, everybody was doing it yeah so um did you have a concept for the video like with the song was just sort of like you made up something like i guess there's just a different thought process to me and i don't know if that's natural for a musician well once we figured out what um once we figured out what song uh, the video was going to be you know once we figured out oh we're going to do a video to judge hot fudge Mm -hmm. then um a guy, uh, I can't, re- you know, I can't even remember the guy's name that did the video. Mm. Um, he was a friend of a friend, and and that's what he did. And and uh, um, I, I seriously don't even remember his name. Um, but they got together, uh, and they said, "Oh, we're going to have this ventriloquist um, who who was he was he was a he." He had been on like the Ed Sullivan show or something like that. He was oh, some, wow. some like you know '50s ventriloquist that was like had since fallen into obscurity, but he lived in Chicago. Mm-hmm. So we had we you know we had him come in and do his 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 claim to fame was that he would make the dummy talk while he was drinking a glass of water. So we had him do that, and then we just they put. You know, I, I'm I'm comp- uh, comp- I was a complete idiot when it comes to technology and and stuff like that. Uh, I don't know how they did it, but they put Rick's head on the dummy. So in the video, the ventriloquist is you know it's it's Rick Sims' head singing on the on the dummy while oh, he's drinking a glass of water. Nice. Um, along with some live footage that we did, I believe, at a club called Lounge Axe and. Chicago, mm. um, which I don't know, you know, I, I don't think that's there anymore either. Mm. <laughs> so, so much of, uh, I get asked a lot of questions, uh, recently it seems a lot more, um, and I, there's so much of that stuff that I just don't remember. You know? Yeah. Um, and well, I, yeah. I don't, uh, I'm <laughs> just like. I'm sorry, you know, I don't remember if I did that or not. Or right. are people that come up to me and be like, are are like, oh, remember when you guys did this? And remember when you did this? And uh, I saw you guys and blah, blah, blah. And, and I'm just like, wow, I haven't even got it. I don't remember that at all. Right, right. <laughs> well, yeah, um, and it's, you know, it, it's not like it was last year or anything, too. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It's, it's coming up on about 30 years ago, so. Yeah, exactly. And 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 it's just the amount of partying that we did was, I mean, we were legendary for that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's one of those things. I mean, you can ask, like, maybe, like, a sports person, you know, about their careers. And because of the discipline of sports and, you know, what they have to do, which is, you know, I guess, you know, practice and work out and warm up or whatever, do that, like, every day, there's probably less to you know there's probably less time for for 
destroying brain cells. But, you know, in, in rock, I mean, that's part of it half the time. You know, I yeah. I, I know that yeah, I went to some concerts years I, ago, and I don't remember them at all. I can say I was there, but the sure. experience, hmm, I know I got a ticket stub somewhere. Right, right, yeah. I, I, uh, I'm pretty, my, my, I'm really open about, about everything, and, 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 oh, yeah, and my, I, my battles with addictions are pretty legendary, so, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, um, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm mean and sober, uh, uh, but I wasn't always that way. Mm-hmm. And and uh, and you've it, got some it, great stories, <laughs> <laughs> you know. And but and especially during that period of time when when we were, you know, in the late '80s and early '90s when we toured a lot, um, uh, man, that the two. You know, drugs and and partying uh, just went with it, and people would just give them to you. You know, it wasn't like it was. Uh, I didn't. I didn't have to go searching for it. Right. Know? It w- it wasn't like you left. You know, you had to leave to go find something. It's just like no, would no. Show it up was and... brought to you. Right. You know, it yeah. was. <laughs> it, yeah, you're it, in the band. And, and uh, uh, I don't know. I, I mean, you can't blame it on that, but it, it was. That was part of the culture, I think. Oh, absolutely, and, yeah. And there are a lot of us, I think, a lot of us uh, out there that that didn't, that weren't famous, that didn't make it, you know, and didn't don't have lots of money, and didn't like like suddenly found ourselves in the middle of nowhere, uh, addicted to something, and having to go to to, you know, back in when I when I first went into treatment, drug treatment or something. Uh, I had to, you know, they didn't have, uh, uh, like, facilities for it. You got sent to a mental hospital or something like that. Oh, know? wow. So uh, the the first time I, I did that, I, I was in Austin, Texas, and I ended up going to the state hospital, mm. you know, to for uh, drugs and alcohol. And, and it, it, was, it was crazy, you know. Uh, and then now, now they've, you know, They've got there. There are things like uh, there's a there's a wonderful uh, organization called Music Cares that mm-hmm. takes care of musicians, and you don't have to be famous, um, you know. Uh, so if you've got problems and 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 you need help, then you can call them. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter where you are, uh, so they'll help you if they can. Yeah. And thank God for that kind of stuff. Mm. Yeah. But. Well, thanks for being so open about that. And, you know, and on the other oh, hand, yeah. it's like you, you, your recollections are really good, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's not like your, you know, your head is made of potatoes, you know. I think yeah. you've got, you, you definitely. Some you of know. it is a little bit, I think. <laughs> uh, I, I, I uh, yeah, there's, like I said, I'm constantly run into to people that are just like, oh, remember, do you remember I mean, it just happened to me recently. Somebody came up to me and said, "Do you remember playing in Pittsburgh?" It's just like no, I have no, not I don't remember it at all. Yeah, you know, like it's a blank. Well, like, how I many? Don't remember that at all? And how many live shows did the Digits play? Like just a round number. What do you think? I couldn't even guess. Yeah, I mean but, thousands. Right. You know, exactly. Like, so that's. I couldn't. I couldn't guess. So that's like asking somebody, like, "Do you remember the time you pulled into your driveway?" 
It's like mm. I do that every day. Like you know, it's yeah. just there's there's just too there's too many of the same experience you know to recall. Right. Unless of course the cream corn and the pinata, you know, there's certain standout ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that was, and that was early. You know, that that was yeah. pretty early in the, in our career. Yeah. Um, so it it wasn't you know uh, it wasn't towards the the end of it or anything and. And that, those stunts that we'd pull off, you know, the, those things usually only happened in in, in our hometown. You mm-hmm. know? Like we, we, it's hard to do that on the road because oh, your van is going to stink. Yeah, you know. and and you know, we usually it was just the three of us in the band, and then we usually took a, a sound guy with us, and that was it. Mm-hmm. There was no roadies. There, there were no. Yeah, you had plenty you know, of other things to do. Like, yeah, oh, set up uh, the pinata. How about I'm going to tune? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> it, it was, it was always. Uh, there just wasn't. There weren't any facilities for us to do that kind of crazy stuff. You know, we mm-hmm. had a brown Ford van. You know, <laughs> right, right. And and four people and a lot of uh, amps. So it was, it was kind of hard to do that crazy stuff on the road right oh i wanted to ask you did beavis and butthead like the video for judge hot fudge do you remember i think they were if i i you know it's been so long since i saw actually saw that thing mm-hmm. um it, it's it's uh, i had actually quit the band mm-hmm. before that happened oh so i i i just literally i i was in a little town in texas in a pizza restaurant and i looked up at the tv and we were on it oh um, well, what was that like i didn't even that must know, have been so i had already left the band so was that back. exciting or was it like disgusting like oh god like what was um it, 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 it got me laid i think <laughs> um, <laughs> um but but it, it, you know uh as far as whether or not they liked it, I, I think I remember them think, thinking that because the two of us had long hair and one of us, Rick, had short hair, that they said that they had some problem with that. Mm. And um, one, I do remember them saying, oh, this band must be joking. If they're not joking, they suck. You know, <laughs> or something like that. Uh, but other than that, I think I, I think they were, you know, it was typical like Beavis and Butthead thing. And I think that's awesome. If I, I and this is another one of those things that like I barely remember this, you know. Um, but I, if I re- if my memory is, is is right, I think that Jesus Lizard was right after us. Oh wow! So on the same show, yeah. That, that must have challenged those two just a little bit, like the digits, and then, uh, and then yeah, Jesus lives. I, I'm sure it, uh, it was. <laughs> those are some great days, though, and just the whole idea of you know, of yeah. of those two bands being on Beavis and Butthead. Yeah, yeah. Mm. and and the, we did we played a lot of shows with them. Mm-hmm. You know, so that was a that was that was always uh, just a melee. Oh, I know? bet um, the two bands together. It was definitely that. Anytime we played with them, and anytime we played with the dwarves, oh. it, it was, it, <laughs> you know, it was a, it was a duck and cover thing. Yeah. Um, wow. I, I bet that you guys were considered lightweight compared to the dwarves in terms of <laughs> stage show. I mean, that's I a really powerful bill. I, you know, I don't know. 
Uh, the, I, not very many people know that they're from suburban Chicago. They're mm. not from San Francisco. Mm. They didn't grow up there. They grew up in suburban Chicago, and they used mm. to be in a psychedelic band that was really awful ah. before they were the dwarves. Interesting. Um, they won't tell you that. Uh, but we yeah. were friends. We were friends with them uh, way back. I mean, we go way back with those guys. Mm-hmm. So. Um, it was always fun, and and there I I I love those guys, Blag and 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 he who cannot be named. I've been friends with them forever, oh. you know. So it, it it's it's yeah, you know. Once they evolved into the into the dwarves, the shtick thing that they, they right. you know, like all the violence and the mm-hmm. the ten minute sets and the, the that I you know we kind of didn't play with them anymore <laughs> after right. That. Right, but uh, we played with. I remember one show in particular that we played with them at night. This club called Night Breaks. It was on Hate Street in San Francisco, mm. and and I I remember that being the first time that they were like it was just like man, okay, they're they're taking some guy out on a stretcher, you know, and and like I remember running out the back of the club and getting in the van and just driving away. Wow. You know? <laughs> like, Oh. It was just like, man, okay. Uh, but I think, I, I don't, you know, I can't remember what year that was, but it was it was, it was, was really, really early on. You know, it had to be in the 80s at some point. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess that um, what I have, have heard, it's like Rick was kind of known for, you know, baiting the audience. Yeah. And then you well, had your antics dick. at home, yeah. Was, yeah, he was kind of like a, uh, um, I don't know. Um, he was kind of like a. a, a I, I kind of reminded me of like a, a, a really angry Don Rickles. I was just going to ask you that because Don Rickles will like, pick on somebody, so he would pick on yeah, people in particular. And, and Rick would just sort of just pick on the audience, and I think the deal was, I don't, you know, Rick. Uh, Rick was a great frontman. And, oh yeah, and uh, uh, I think his his whole like you'd have to ask him, um, but I think that he had this, you know, love me, hate me, but you're not going to ignore me, you know. Mm. Uh, so that I think that's what it was. Is it, it was just you know either either you loved us or you hated us, but you weren't going to ignore us. But you're still going to hang around and watch the show. You're either yeah, we're either mm. going to piss you off or you're going to love us. Right. That, that was the thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and true entertainment. And, and a lot of times both things happen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know what to feel. I love them yet I hate them. Right. <laughs> you no, know, that's a, that's the, the sign of a great entertainer. And we are back. Doug Evans, are you there, sir? Uh, yeah. All right. So uh, that set of music, I've got a bunch of comments from listeners like, damn, the faces were good. And yeah, always the stones. Why not the faces? So, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, and uh, obviously some great music. Why did you have that on your playlist? Uh, the faces song, well, uh, that one, uh, um, 
that that lick, uh, Ron, Ronnie Wood's guitar lick in, in the beginning of that song is my favorite guitar lick ever. I mean, that it's just that that lick is probably the reason that I play guitar. When I was a little kid, um, I my dad owned a pool hall, and I I would go to the jukebox and just play that song over and over and over again just to hear that that guitar lick in the beginning because it's so strong and mm-hmm. and it's so like the, it's just so dirty and fuzzy and 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 it I don't know it just to me it, it's like man that's great you know like <laughs> I want to I want to play that and and, and I've, I that that's another song that I've always wanted to cover but I can't get anybody to do it with me I don't I don't know why I guess I, I shouldn't say that uh, uh, my girlfriend doesn't want to do it because she doesn't like it but mm-hmm. <laughs> you can find somebody else. Yeah, I know, but, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it, I, you know, I, I'm a huge Faces fan, I love the Faces, um, and, and even Rod Stewart's first record, uh, uh Every Picture Tells a Story, is, that's a great record, you know, mm. and if I had more time, I would have stuff off of that on here, but, yeah, it, uh, um, And uh, and Masters of Reality, I, I I love them. You know, I know we played them earlier, but uh, um, that I I had a, I had living out here in the desert, I had a chance to actually sit down and talk to to uh, Chris Goss, and and he's a really nice guy, and and it was so cool just to talk to him and stuff. And after you know hearing the music and then meeting him, it was really cool. It was one of those things where you're like, wow. I, the, I'm a fan of this guy. I'm going to sit down and talk to him, you know. Mm. And they end up being really cool. The first Montrose record, it, it I couldn't have made it past 16, you know, without that record. It, it uh, uh, and, and uh, yeah, Bad Motor Scooter is the one that everyone recognizes, but, mm-hmm. but there, that whole record is great. There, make it last is a great song. Um, another one was uh, uh, Rock Candy. That, mm-hmm. That's like every stripper's theme song in the eighties. <laughs> was, was like anytime you went to a strip joint in the eighties, you were gonna hear that song. You know that that uh, it, um, and and uh, Space Station Number Nine is 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 a great song. I, I when I when I went to pick a Montrose song for the put on here, I was like, man, there's so many. And of course, the digits covered Rock the Nation, mm-hmm. um, which uh, you know was on that record too. So uh, it was there were so many. Uh, and I thought about that. I thought, well, we can just play the digits version of Rock the Nation, you know. Um, but I I wanted it to be a Montrose song. And, and having him just pass away, you know, recently, it did. Yeah. And like I was telling uh, telling you, you know, I uh, Blower, we did a cover of of Bad Motor Scooter, and uh, um, we it was during rot, the Rot Rally in Austin, where all the bikers were in Austin, and so we we wanted to play a motorcycle song, and I'm like, well, we'll do this Bad Motor Scooter cover, and I could never, my whole life of listening to that song, I couldn't figure out what Sammy Hagar was singing. Like there's a lyric line, I think the second lyric line or the third lyric line of the song, I I couldn't figure it out. I I mean my whole life I couldn't figure out what he was saying, and uh, so I I I went I found Ronnie Matros's 
website, and this was in 2009 or 2010, and and uh, I I I emailed him, and and he emailed me back, and I was so excited that he actually took the time and, and emailed me back, and I told him I said, look, we're covering your song. What the hell was? Oh, I'm sorry. You, you what was, say hell. What okay. was? <laughs> what what did what did Sammy sing? Because I I can't I've never been able to figure out what he said, and and he and he emailed me back and and he's like, man, I think it's great that, that your band is playing on my music and and uh, he said, uh, you know, he put it in quotes. He he said, there's a red bridge that arcs the bay. That's that's the, the lyric line, mm-hmm. and I couldn't figure that out. You know, like it just sounded to me like he was just going, hey, you know, and I. But I was I saved that email for for a long time. I saved it um, until uh, the computer I had it on crashed and I lost it. But mm. I, I I would still have it. You know, I was like, man, I got an email from Ronnie Montrose. That's, that's uh, it was killer. so cool. Yeah, yeah, that really is. And that, and that's something. I mean, he, just because he was never that. I mean, people you know knew Montrose and knew him, but mm. there was some bit of. I don't know. He always seemed like he would be human, like he would be cool, and that he would answer email. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was totally just really cool. Yeah, it you know? sounds and, like and he was I really just, psyched. I just the one email that he sent me, but yeah. I mean, just for him to respond to me, like exactly. You no, know, like he didn't know who I was, you know. Sure. <laughs> and and just to answer my question and, and be happy that my band was playing a song yeah. was, was was cool. That was that was really cool. Yeah, that's got to be a thrill. And it was a fun song to play. And we actually, you know, we we learned it and and only played it a couple. Just we only wanted to do it for that one show and ended up playing it a bunch. You know? mm. so it, it it was it was it was cool. Yeah, is uh, there um is there anybody else out there that you would um turn into like a complete fanboy on if you met them just like a you know a, a hero? For... Angus Young. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I, I, you know, there's no ACDC in my playlist, and I, I didn't. I, I just. I, I there, there should have been, and yeah. I'm sorry there wasn't, um, because I'm a huge ACDC fan, and and like that is the one person that I wouldn't like if you if you stuck me in front of Angus Young, I wouldn't know what to say. I, I just would lose all. Like that—that that to me is that. I mean, they—they—they're probably the in my book. They're probably the best, not the 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 greatest rock and roll band. They're not the best musicians. They're not mm-hmm. the best, whatever you know. But as far as rock bands go, that yeah. band still to this yep. day, yep. you know, will just rock. Yep. Um, and there are other bands out there too that I can say, you know. Sadly enough, uh, Slayer. Um, mm-hmm. it, uh, they're another band that just that band. You, it, if you go to see Slayer, you know you're going to get your ass kicked. Oh yeah. If you go, if you go, if you go to see ACDC, you know they're going to rock. It, it's just they're they're just yeah. There's they're, no bad show. Yeah, yeah. They're amazing, and and I'm I I apologize for not having any in in my in my my songs here, but I just didn't have room for them. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's okay. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, if there was a... one person that I that 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 it would be him, uh, Angus Young, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, 
someday, you know, before I die, someday I hope to come face to face with them. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, I did want to ask you um, if there was any effect on the digits or you personally, um, because the offspring covered Killboy Powerhead, and that was kind of on their hit record. Did you? Yeah. Did anything sort of, I know that was near the end, or I'm not sure, like, when the digits split mm-hmm. exactly, but I think that was really close to around that time. Yeah. Um, uh, we split up in 94. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, uh, oh, so that um, was after. We had, a, like, a, there was a chain of events. I mean, I, I won't get into it, really, mm-hmm. but uh, there, there was, like, a lot of things happened. Uh, I, our drummer and myself were involved in a car wreck that, that took the mm. life of his wife. Oh, God. And, um, wow. And then two weeks later, we, were, we, went, to, we went on tour in Europe. Um, um, wow. And that didn't go well either. Mm. Um, so uh, there was just a chain of events that happened. Um, and, and after it, after, after we got back from Europe, um, it was just time to, kind of time for me to throw in the towel. Mm. Um, that, you know, uh, the offspring thing, um, was kind of, we got told about, you know, we didn't even know it. And, uh, uh, a friend of ours uh, in Minneapolis uh, said, Hey, you guys, you guys should call epitaph because this offspring record they did a cover a digits cover on here and it's you know the thing shipped like two hundred and fifty thousand or something like i don't i don't know the exact number yeah that record blew up yeah it was their hit record yeah yeah and so you know uh i think rick uh or Corey from touch and go or someone got in touch with with uh with brett gerwitz and 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 they were, you know, of course they were. They were really honorable, and they were really just like, yeah, you know, you guys have a lot of money coming, and and we did. We all made a lot of money off that. Oh, good. <laughs> uh, well, that's great um, to hear. That's awesome. I I chose to just squander mine on on living <laughs> like a rock star. Um, but <laughs> but hey, yeah, it was, a, it was after the band had split up, and, and mm-hmm. I I was. I lived in San Francisco for well, actually, I lived in Pacifica um, for for about two years, and um, I did nothing but surf and party every day. And, uh, and that's okay. <laughs> that's uh, that that's and, pretty uh, nice. The, the, which ended up in in you know uh, another rehab, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but and th- thank God there. You, you know, you're breaking up a little bit. Can you say what you just said again? Oh, I said, I said, thank God they're rehabbed. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> because <laughs> that that whole like getting getting handed all that money from the offspring just you know. Oh, it probably it, almost killed you. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> so, I mean, thanks, it was guys. great. I don't, re- you know, I I got to live uh, on the beach in California and surf every day for two years. Yeah, um, that is. Why not? That's that that was it was it was it was amazing. That's pretty cool. But uh, I've, I've, as far as the, uh, like, I, I'm not really an Offspring fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never met them. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't know. Uh, th- I if I, I, I would like to tell them thanks. Um, yeah. Uh, and 
it's, you know, Killboy Powerhead is like one song that, that, uh, I had written the lyrics originally, uh, to make a comic book out of it. And then I, I found out like a couple of years ago that somebody actually did do that. Oh, wow. Um, I, I think it's a Japanese version, hmm. um, that someone did it. And I, I'm, they whoever did it probably thinks it's an offspring song, you know. Right. Yeah. Um, a lot of people didn't didn't know that that was that that was a digit song. Right. You know? But anyway. Well. Uh, you knew when you were on the beach. Yeah, I knew. <laughs> <laughs> and and thanks thanks to the offspring, you know. For, uh, I I yeah. That was my uh, that that was. I think. You know, I, I, every musician, I think, gets a shot at it once, and I think that was mine, mm-hmm. and, and I just kind of blew it. Um, mm. I wish I wouldn't have, but... Well, I don't know. Uh, you think you really blew it? I mean, you, you know, you had some successes, oh, I I, you got I mean, to spend your today, money... Today, you know, yeah. I, don't, I don't think I... Not, not that I blew it, technically, you know. It's kind of like the end of Easy Rider when, when <laughs> Peter Fonda, you know, they're sitting around the campfire, and... And and Dennis Hopper goes, man, we did it, we're rich. And Peter Fonda goes, oh, we blew it, man. You know, mm. that's that's kind of what I mean. You know, it's. Uh, I, think, um, I think it's, it's more about the experiences. On, the, I mean, you know, we don't get anywhere. I mean, you know, where we get is oh, where, yeah. was where Ronnie, Ronnie Montrose is. You know, it's like that's how it yeah. all, that's how it ends for all of us. So it's really about the journey. And you've done so much. I mean, you you know, you gave us some really great stories, and I'm sure there are a lot more things you can't remember the digits had five great records you know i mean that's that there's really there's there's quite a resume there in terms of like living you know and and it's just funny that i had you on on july 4th because i was like oh my god we could probably actually talk about explosives which is true (laughs) you know i mean i mean you've got a really great angle on life and i think that you've you've done a lot of real living and some people are afraid to do that you know so i certainly wouldn't say that you blew it i mean you blew things up you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah and my wife uh kind of blew it up too um the the thing i got you know i kind of went i i in the in the in the tail end of the the 90s and 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 all the way up till about 2007, I I didn't I I stopped playing. You know, mm. I didn't I didn't play at all. Wow. Um, I got you know I got married and had kids and bought a house and and and, and then got divorced and 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 it, 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 then then started playing again. And and the thing that 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 the thing with like having blower having having a rock band now is is Suddenly, I'm in a world where rock and roll is not the most popular form of music. Right. And I'm not used to that. Yeah. And and it's it's impossible. Oh, and I, I won't say it's impossible, but it it's really hard for uh, uh, you can't just jump in a van and go tour like we used to. You know. Right. Um, because clubs don't pay anymore. And mm-hmm. and I understand that because it's it's you know a a club to have a, a DJ come in on a, on a Monday night they're going to make more money than they, than some rock band that's on, that's out on tour you know right a band that and plays they, originals 
Yeah, right. <laughs> and, and, you know. Such a uh, funny phrase. The, um, it's just, it's not what it used to be. Yeah. And, and, it's, and it's really kind of sad um, for me. Uh, because I, I I ran into that with with this band with Blower. Mm-hmm. It's it's just you know we tried to tour and it ends up costing us thousands of dollars. You know, oh yeah, just just to go on tour. Sure. Um, and and then having to do everything ourselves. You know, like all the booking and all that. It's impossible to get a booking agent. It's it's impossible to like we couldn't even get a record label to to release the the record that's why it's on Bandcamp. Mm-hmm. Um, we did we we did the single ourselves, right? But um, we couldn't. I they're just everything's changed, you know. Yeah, and, things uh, have certainly shifted. And, yeah, and and it and uh, it's it's a shame that that blower record didn't get didn't get released. You know, it, it's. Um, I think it's good. I think it is, and I I think our band now is is a lot better than that than it was then. But mm-hmm. um, you know, it it really kind of took the wind out of my sails a little bit because mm-hmm. it 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 just um, it, it's it's so hard to be uh, uh, in a rock band right now. It yeah. really is. Yeah, and uh, um, it's it's hard find venues it's hard to to get shows it's hard it's, it's just like it's really hard to do any of it uh, and i i i don't know i guess i let too much time pass and, and uh, well, i don't know i mean i think there is a there's a shift to a lot of things you know people download music and aren't necessarily interested in a quote concert experience you know right. th- there's yeah. so many factors and um you know, I know I've, there's a generation, you know, obviously younger than us that doesn't really care yeah. too much, you know, and they're like, they'll go. But when I go to shows, the thing that drives me out of my mind is that everybody's like texting, you know, they're like yeah. texting and I'm like, yeah. the band is playing, you know, or right. somebody wants to talk to me while the band is playing. I'm like, no, 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 I actually came here right. to watch the band. I'm going to right. watch the band. We can talk when they're done that's actually why I'm here and then you and but you can see the sea of phones or you know and people taking yeah. pictures and all that I mean I, and I'm guilty of doing that too of trying to get a good shot you know and throw it on Facebook but there's there's definitely been a shift because I'm I'm a huge concert person I love going to see live music you know and and it's mm-hmm. definitely you know it is different but but that said it's like Doug you are tenacious it's like you won't go away because that's who you are you know oh you, well yeah, you, yeah you know I, I yeah by no means am i giving up yeah no, I'm just, I, got, it, I got the frustration they just made my job a little harder yeah the frustration and, is there and, and that's uh, i'll fine. i'll you know some i i will be there with some sort of rock band and you know uh, you can count on it um i'll figure it out somehow mm-hmm. uh absolutely just give me just give me a little bit of time here but, he has spoken. Uh, like I said, you know, um, we just thought like lower just kind of we're not sure what's happening with our drummer, and uh, um, I, I'm musically I, I'm kind of I don't want to say evolving or growing or, or whatever, but like my songwriting is becoming more. Uh, it's just different. It, it's 
it's still got that. I've still got that rock and roll. Like, I'll never get rid of that. But mm-hmm. but I'm just getting. I'm just getting, you know. I don't know if it, if it's possible, but I'm getting louder and <laughs> and more. Uh, uh, you know, because as I get, you know, I'm getting up there in age, and 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 it's. I can't hear as well as I used to, so I have to play louder. You have to be louder then. There you go. <laughs> and someone was like, God, why are you playing so loud? What kind of, I can't hear it. You right. Know? Like, i got to turn it off. You mm-hmm. know, like, years of playing in rock bands and, and, and then driving dragsters and stuff like that, you know, like it, it was... Like, yeah, those are loud, loud uh, occupations. I, yeah, so i, I got to play loud. Right. Um, so I'm getting a little bit more... Uh, uh, my music's starting to get a lot louder. And and a lot a lot heavier and I'm not I'm I don't know you know um, we'll see we'll see what happens but it'll uh, for sure it, it, I'm I'm not giving up yeah I'm, I'm oh I know I know that I'll I'll be there one way or another that's that that you can count on absolutely um, what it'll what what what'll happen I'm not is 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 up in the air right now but exactly so we'll see and I you know. And uh, I, I want, uh, we're gonna, we only have time for one more song for you to go out with, but I just want to thank you for coming on the show. And, oh, uh, yeah. Well, thank you for having me. I well, mean, you know, my, I, I wouldn't, you know. My pleasure. We get, to, we get to catch up on the air a little bit. And, and just wow. for, you know, you, I mean, you know, the Digits era was such a great period for music and, you, you know, leading the touch-and-go scene and all that. And, and, mm. and you are one of those guys that does really bring it for a live and and so I know I know you're not going away, you know. But thank you for being that guy because you're you know you're very real. Everything that you spoke about today was really cool, and uh, and and unpretentious. You know, it's like you're just you are a rocker for life to the core. That's um, I'm <laughs> proud to, proud to yeah, have you on. Yeah. So yeah, um I, so with from that the, from the first water, I think. Someone yeah. said that uh, one time, and, and I, it stuck in my head. They mm-hmm. said, yeah, you're like uh, like some redneck rock and roll dude from the first water, you know. Nice. I think I think you know. Uh, we were sitting on the front porch of the Discord House drinking beer, and <laughs> I don't nice. think this, I don't think any other band in the world could have got away with that. Uh, <laughs> but. But but the digits, you know. Right. Um, so you there you have to. it. Um, yeah. One. Oh wow. One more song. Yes. Um, so you got to pick. What's it gonna be? Oh man, uh, it, this is a hard one. Um, I'll say, let's say, uh, um, cheap trick. He's a whore. Okay. And uh, a little so, some uh, some hometown. Okay, and uh, anything you want to say about that? Because we're going to sign off. Then. Nah, that just just that I love Cheap Trick, and and they they're from Illinois. They're they're from Rockford, Illinois, and I saw them as a kid. They used to play, you know, at a bar in, in the town I lived in, and mm. and uh, um, I think this is a great song. And actually, Big Black did a cover of it. Yeah. Um. Uh. But I think a lot of people have done Cheap Trick covers. Um. But this was one of my favorites. Um, it's off. It's off their first record, and uh, it it's just it's cheap trick. And I, I think it, it's a it's a it's a great rock song. You know. 
It is. It has all the great, like, to me, the things that make a great rock and roll song are in here, you know? Like, if if I was going to teach a class on how to write rock and roll anthems, I would use this song as, as I'd say, okay, the ingredients you need are in this song, you know? Mm. So... Oh, that's that, cool. That, that's another uh, vocation for you. The class teaching how to write rock and roll anthems. Yeah, how to write Taught rock anthems 101. Rock Professor Doug Evans. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to hear some cheap trick now. And uh, thank you, Doug. And everybody stay tuned. Oh, thanks, Diane. Some great recollections from Doug Evans of Blower and the Digits. He will be missed. And, uh, yeah, he'll really be missed. Great friend, person, rock and roll heart, and great taste in music. For WFMU, I'm Diane Kamikaze. You can follow me on Instagram or Twitter. Diane Kamikaze is one word, D-I-A-N-E-K-A-M-I-K-A-Z-E.